hesitation Got me going crazy Keep it moving, I'm tuned in to True North Racing The podcast that you need if you got the need for speed John Morrison interviewing guests in the industry Short track, stock car racing Gotta get it hyped, Saturday night under the lights Hear the engine rooming by Smell the gas and feel the vibe Going into overdrive Drop the flag, then the car zooming by True North Racing, let's go Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the True North, a racing podcast brought to you by Jomo Media Promotions. My name is John Morrison, and welcome to the show, guys. As you guys can see, I'm uh, short-staffed tonight. Um, unfortunately, last night, uh, Kaylin Wallace had some motor issues, so she, uh, um, so they've been working on the motor all day, so unfortunately, she's not here. Megan joined me in Toronto uh, on Sunday uh, today, and she did an amazing job. I was so proud of her. Uh, unfortunately she had an app on her way home and got her, was getting herself ready for the show when unfortunately a migraine took over and is sidelining her for the night. So I hope both, uh, both our other co-hosts are able to, uh, get better and, uh, we'll see them soon. Uh, yeah. So welcome back to the show guys. My name is John Morrison and, uh, we're going to go sold tonight on the true North racing podcast. And, uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about our weekend, uh, Saturday I was with uh, solid speedway. And as well as Motorama. Motorama was happening this weekend. I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. Motorama was happening this weekend. And what a great event it is. You know, Greg McPherson and all the team at the Motorama show do, do an incredible job. Uh, they invited me down. Uh, they actually invited uh, our entire crew down and uh, to do a live taping of our show. Now, yesterday, uh, was able to get on for about 20 minutes. We talked to one of the competitors, or not one of the competitors. We talked to one of the um uh, one of the guys who were there, we talked to Brandon Feeney from uh, Peterborough Speedway. It was awesome actually getting a chance to meet him. I've been following him on social media for the past few years now, and I've never been able to actually talk to him or obviously because he, he's all the way on Peterborough. I'm all the way out this way in Brampton. It, it is such a difficult thing for us to do. So, uh, yeah, it was nice getting a chance to meet him and finding out a little bit more about him because all weekend we just we, we clicked and we just chatted up a storm. Whenever you guys saw, you know, if you saw us there, like, man, it was, we were just having so many conversations about so many different things. It was awesome. He's got a great looking ride this year. It's, uh, it's going to be pretty cool. He's going to debut that thing next, uh, next weekend at Sunset Speedway. Oh, excuse me. So he's, he, it was, he actually won a couple of awards and we were already joking saying that, uh, those are, uh, the only awards he's going to win this year, but I got to thank him because, uh, I guess over the weekend I was, we decided, we jokingly said, I was like, Oh, you know, you should do a giveaway. Whoever does the best Feeney call. And if you guys are any, uh, like boy meets world, <laughs> that is uh, something that Eric Matthews in the show did for a number of years. He always had this Feeney call. So this morning when I walked into the show, uh, Brandon walked up to me and goes, Hey man, here's a hat. We took, you know, what we talked about. It's like you got the best one so far. So I'm just gonna give you a hat now. So I'm like, awesome. So yesterday on our live taping, he uh he was he was you know nice enough to come up on stage and we chatted for about 20, 25 minutes or so. And uh yeah, we just you know talked about a lot about racing and how much fun we had, and and you know, he it was kind of funny because when I first met him, he mistook me for someone else. And I thought that was absolutely hysterical. He took, he took me as another super stock driver, Johnny Morrison, who runs sunset speedway. Now I'm John Morrison. That's Johnny. So I'm, I may have to feel like I have to change my full thing to just Jomo. And that way everyone knows exactly who I am. And it was, it was funny how he's like, man, how do you, you know, what do you do to like, how are you so busy? Like, where's your car? Where's the, I was like, what are you talking about? I don't have a car. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, I don't have a car. He's like, you sold it? I was like, I never owned one. I never raced before. He's like, oh, I'm like, there's a Johnny Morrison who runs up at Sunset. I said, but I'm John Morrison. He goes, that's it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it was kind of funny, a little mistaken identity thing. I was a super stock driver, but hey, I know I'm a, I'm just a, a media guy who loves racing and wants to talk to uh, all the racers out there. I feel like maybe if, uh, I think we maybe need to get uh, Johnny on for an episode just for, uh, uh, laughs and whatnot because that would just be a good one because I got some good stories to uh that is from uh 2020 that I could tell. So that was a, that was a lot of fun. 
And last night, of course, we started racing again. We were down there at, at Flamborough Speedway. So I left the, I left the show around 2.30, traveled on down. And uh, yeah, we, we got there. I got there about 4.30. Gates opened at 4. Uh, for the CVMs, we had a decent showing. I'm not happy with the car count. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we only had 11 cars come on out. But I know a few of them were because of part-related part issues. We weren't able to get the parts. So there's a few teams that had to sit out. I'm really hoping there's a lot more cars coming on May 21st. That's about two weeks out from now. They, uh, but they still put on a hell of a show. They, uh, what else did they, oh, they, it was weird. It was, I was not going to lie. It was the, the time trials, the five lap time trials was a little, a uh, little different for me. And it felt like we had a lot longer, a shorter of a day, but longer of a intermission, which was kind of nice, but the invert was four. And that put uh, uh fastest qualifier of the night was Quinn Murdoch. So Quinn started fourth, but he works his way up to the field real quickly and was able to toss spot over from Ricky Willigron a restart early on in the race and uh, never looked back from there. Even after a red flag for about 10, 15 minutes or so um, the 33 of Robbie guy lost the motor going down into one. And uh, unfortunately Joe Arsenal was right behind him and uh, got collected and gotten into the outside wall where he slapped the outside. Well, I don't know. I got to, I'm going to have to go watch some video on that because I didn't catch it at all. Um, I think on my GoPro, I did. Um, unfortunately we didn't have an in-car GoPro this week. Uh, not too sure what's going on with uh, my in-car one. So uh, if anyone wants to fund me, to <laughs> maybe I need to start a GoFundMe. We want, I want to get uh, three cameras, but we want to get some, get, you know, half decent action cameras. So if anyone wants to donate some, let me, you know, just put it down in the comments. Uh, of course, I'm just joking, guys. I, I'm going to be able to go out and go do that in a couple weeks, but we're hoping to have another one ready to go in about two, three weeks. Um, it looks like that GoPro is dying on me. It's not holding a charge it, or if it was turned on or something, but fortunately we, uh, we, we didn't get any go in car of, uh, from, and we're going to go along with, uh, Mike pod. So I'm hoping in two weeks we're, we're back to normal. We have our GoPros going again, but, uh, I, I was still, I still my other one. We still got footage of it, but of course, uh, the racket that took out Joe Arsenal on lap 21, he, uh, I didn't catch that visual, like, with my own eyes and I haven't gone back and checked out the footage yet. Cause after getting home last night and in early morning this morning to get over to Motorama, it was a, uh, it was a short night for me. Um, but yeah, it was still a great night of racing. The car, you know, Pure Socks put on a great show. Green and checker green. Che the CVMs were the first uh, division that had a caution and a red flag this year. So that's not a good start, but Hey, it was, it, it is what it is. But uh, congratulations for Quentin Murdoch for winning the Hank Frank Memorial season opener uh, brought to you by Dave Frank's photos. It was uh, it was awesome. Got a funny story actually about Dave Frank's yesterday. So Brandon and myself were up on stage. He uh, he stopped by. We we're, were just messing around talking and I made a comment and I was like, he said, it said something about going to racing. And I was like, yeah, man, I got to go to Flambro. He goes, what for? I was like the Hank Frank season opener for Flambro Speedway. And or for, for the Canadian Vision Modifies. He goes, no. I was like, yeah, man. He's like, man, for all that plug, I got to give you a couple of I'm like, nah, nah, it's all good. And then he reaches in his pocket and reaches out a couple of Worthers and tosses one to myself and one to Brandon. <laughs> and we're just like, we're both bigger guys. So we're like, ooh, candy. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was funny. But yeah, it was the Hank Frank season, uh, for Hank Frank Memorial season opener brought to you by Dave Franks. And, you know, we got to, Congratulate Quinn Murdoch uh, for going out there and, and essentially uh, stomping the field a little bit there. He, he raced, he held, he ran a great race um, today. Uh, so over into today, got up early. We headed on down to uh, Motorama for day two of our day three of the show, but day two for myself where we, uh, uh, we weren't sure when we were going to go on stage, but Greg McPherson uh, wanted me to reach out to Gary calling and, and bring him up or, you know, head up on stage. Whenever there was a, a slot open, essentially up on stage, so we uh, we talked to Gary a little bit later than I really wanted to, but he was running around, which is fine. Uh, he actually called me over and had an interview with myself, which was uh, uh, different for me because I'm usually the one interviewing, not being interviewed. So that was that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, we talked about Joe Media, we talked about uh, CVMs, we talked about Sawwell Speedway, and uh, it, it was awesome. And then. You know, before we went up on stage, 
Gary Colling was talking to Alex Tegliani and Kyle Steckley. And, you know, <laughs> we were joking saying Alex doesn't get to talk a whole lot. Meanwhile, he, he almost talked the entire portion of their show, which was, which was awesome. It was hysterical. And, you know, he made a comment about being Kyle Steckley's mentor and I had a crack of, and, you know, like, you know, the, the scene from Jerry Maguire is like, show me the money. He's like, show me the sponsorship. And I thought, and I just spoke out loud. I'm like, that'd be a great spot. That's a great commercial, a great, you know, thing. It, it would be great to see, like, you know, pretending Alex has like a mental breakdown <laughs> and then, you know, calling up Kyle or Kyle, you know, other way around, like Kyle's not getting a sponsor. So he calls up uh, Alex and then, you know, it just the whole show me the sponsorship. I think it would be hysterical. I really hope the guys that uh, the guys that handle both of them, uh, you know, they 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 do it because that that's such a great thing, and I think it'd be hysterical. And was, I'm gonna be honest, I got a little starstruck because I've never met Alex Tegliani. Never, you know, I met him once at Sunset, but obviously in the in the crowd and everything like that, it was just different. So. After he gets off stage, I was just joking with Kyle, and Kyle came over. We started talking. It was Megan, myself, and Brandon Feeney, and we're just all just you know just talking. And then you know Alex Tagliani just casually walks over, starts you know just starts putting himself in the conversation and starts chatting with us. And I'm thinking like, man, this guy who's been in Champ Car, who's who's a star in the NASCAR Pinty series, just casually walked over and started having a conversation with us. And I thought that was it to me. It was a surreal moment uh, having Alex come over and and talk to me and, and, you know, it, it was so cool. And I, you know, I, I want to get up to uh, his carding complex up in, uh, uh, up in Quebec. I think it would be a great weekend away or, uh, you know, it'd be a fun time going out there and, you know, <laughs> it'd be cool if Alex came out and started racing with us, but Hey, that'd be a lot of fun. But you know, that, that's, that's the cool part is just the way he was so down to earth and, and just the way he talked, it was awesome. I mean, uh, that was probably one of the highlights of my weekend didn't realize that May and of course Megan and I followed and it was just like, Oh, then we talked racing. We talked everything. We honestly, we, we hadn't, I didn't set up a show plan, nothing like that. Um, a, a lot of what I do is just off the cuff. So <laughs> it was, it was funny. It was hysterical. And we just kind of picked and chose what we were talking about. We talked about the CVMs. We talked about Megan's dad getting back behind the wheel in 2022. We talked about Flamborough. We talked about Peterborough. We talked about Oshwegan. Burger Barn. Um, I'm hoping I get those videos from Greg McPherson because I guarantee you those are going to be some funny YouTube moments. Uh, just seeing, you know, what, what we came up with and just talked for we and we ended up talking for about an hour and a half. Didn't know how long we were going to go. No one came over and stopped us. And we talked about Lift the Visor and it was, it was such a great conversation. And so I got to thank, you know, Rick and Debbie for bringing Megan down and Megan obviously for coming out and, and doing the show with us doing a live portion, which I never thought I'd ever get a chance to do, but I got to thank Greg McPherson for inviting us down and doing, doing a show, doing a couple shows, really. Um, it was a lot of fun and I hope we do this again in the future. Heading over into our young drivers, Canadian vision modifieds rundown. We got, uh, we had a great, like I already, I already went over this, uh, in our, obviously in our kind of our open segment or whatever we want to call it. So Quentin Murdoch was our, was our feature winner in uh, uh, last night in the Hank Frank season opener, Hank Frank Memorial season opener. Uh, and then Ricky Williger uh, played second. TJ Marshall was third. Rodney Rutherford was fourth. Mike Pod fifth. Steve Murdoch sixth. Scott Sinelli seventh. Eighth was the return of Adam Ross, which is awesome. I got a bunch of footage of that. I can't wait to, uh, piece it together and show everyone uh jay peppin a, a new rookie this year uh awesome to see him come out he had a good showing learned a lot talked to him already today uh he enjoyed his time joe arsenal again uh knocked out on lot 21 and uh robbie guy uh finished 11th uh, out, of, out of our 11 cars so that was uh that was that was our night at the track so moving on to the jomo media rundown uh we had about uh let me see here Three, five, we had about 10 drivers take green flags last night. Uh, first up in our pierce in the pure stocks, Joe Lawrence take took home the victory in the uh, pure stock race. Chris Lawrence finished fifth, Cameron Thompson 11th, and it appears that Alex Stewart may have not been scored. Uh, it looks like he was having transponder issues last night, so I'm not too sure where he finished. Uh, Roland Goodfellow 
RW Goodfellow for Goodfellow Racing finished seventh in his mini stock feature, and Caitlin Walls had to pull off with motor issues, uh, finishing P8 on the night. In the CVMs, Ricky Williger uh, for Jomo Media finished second, Scott Tonelli seventh, Adam Ross finished eighth, Scott uh, Jay Pepin ninth, and Joe Arsenal tenth. And those were all the Jomo Media drivers running this weekend at Flamborough Speedway. Uh, make sure you guys check back Friday around noon to see who's racing and where they're racing so you guys can go out and uh, catch them this summer. I think we're just about ready to bring in our guest tonight. So why don't we uh, why don't we bring on in on Cole? He's just waiting for us right now. All right, guys. Tonight joining us on the True North Racing Podcast is the driver of the number 18 Ford Mustang Mini Stock, Cole Quinton. Cole, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I, f- I feel like this is strange, man. You got such a deeper voice than I do. So... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it, it's, it's hysterical. Cause I'm just sitting over here like, yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm Jesus. <laughs> uh, good jeans. Good jeans. Uh, yeah. I'd say so. How's your off season? Oh, it was good. It was good. I mean, it definitely felt long. This is my first like official off season. Um, definitely missed it, but we're right back into the swing with Flamro last night. So it's been good. It's been good. Absolutely, man. Last night we headed on back to Flamro speed for the first time in 2022. And I just, I just say it was a su- successful night all across the board. You know, we had five divisions come for opening night. We had time trials and then we had a nice lengthy feature feature race. And, you know, I'd say you went out there and held your own. Yeah, it was definitely, I mean, uh, coming off of really not a lot of practice, we weren't really expecting to be right out there coming out of the gate. Um, so it was more like a test session for us, but I was pretty happy. P3 is pretty good. Definitely. You know, the other two were very competitive up front. And I would say the whole field was decently competitive last night for the, you know, the size of it. Um, but no, we're pretty happy. We uh, we kind of know what direction we need to take the car in. And uh, even with myself, what I need to do different. But that's the first race. You know, you're going to work out those kinks as the season goes on. So pretty good night in Flamborough, though. I, I'd say so. You had a really good battle there with uh, Chris Pendleberry in the number 34. And I... <laughs> At one point, I was oh, yeah. like, uh, at one point, I just jokingly, I was to myself, I was just like, damn it, neither one of you, please, Rex, I don't want to be talking about this tomorrow night. Like, <laughs> and I got Chris coming on in a few weeks. So I'm just like, neither one of you, I don't need, I don't need to start a feud. Right. <laughs> like, just please have a good finish, guys. There's, there's what, eight cars last night. Just, oh, yeah. Good. Like, just go out there, have a good night. But you, you ran out there, you know, held your own, ran, ran a solid race, P3. You can't come, you know, you can't go wrong was starting the starting the season off with a P3, especially when you got, you know, the the essentially Jillian Hill's old mini stock up there uh, with, uh, I think it was Bobby Mercer behind the wheel. You know, you, it, it was absolutely crazy to, to see how fast he was. And, of course, last year you were no slouch behind the wheel either. Yeah, it was pretty good. 2021 was uh, definitely a pretty good rookie season. Um, I got a great group of guys behind me with Spira and, you know, everyone at Spire Racing, Eric and Randy Shaw, especially. Um, yeah, so last year was really good. Obviously, the first few races were, you know, a little rough. Um, getting into the car, def- definitely different from the go-kart stuff, right? So um, then we kind of worked past that, and eventually we picked up a few wins. So, Absolutely. How many how many wins did you end off the season with last year? I think it was three feature wins, yeah. Okay. It's pretty good. So obviously, I'm going to talk about – so before we obviously go back to where it all began, I want to bring up your first victory last year in the mini stock uh, before we do. Now I've talked to people who just got their first win and they were absolutely ecstatic. When you cross that checker flag or sorry, checker flag, when you got the checker flag, cross the check, cross the finish line and saw your name P one on the board. What was that feeling like heading off into turn one and just feeling, you know, how, how were you feeling in that moment when you got your first, first win? Uh, it was definitely a lot of relief. Um, a lot of work goes into this stuff and I don't think a lot of people see it. Um, so especially sitting out the 2020 season, um, which was originally planned to be a rookie season. Um, it was, it was a little frustrating over that, that kind of transition in 2021. And to get that first one, it was definitely like a huge weight was, you know, lifted off my shoulder. So it was, uh, it was definitely the best, the best feeling that I've had in racing. And, uh, ever since then, I've just, you know, wanted to push even harder to, you know, experience that feeling. And it's the first one's always going to be the best one though. But, uh, 
you know, hopefully we'll have many firsts and, you know, different divisions and stuff over the years. Absolutely, man. And that's, that's exactly it. The first one, first one's always hardest to get, but it's always the most, you're always your, your most favorite one. Um, we're going to jump all the way back to when young Cole was a little taught and <laughs> tell us how you got started in racing and what made you want to get behind the wheel of a go-kart? So I started a little later than some people. Uh, I know WRKC who runs Flambro in the morning. Um, usually they start, you know, seven or eight. So I started eight. I think I was just turning nine, maybe. I can't quite remember. It's a long time ago, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, my brother previously raced go-karts and we have no really racing background. But um, one year we were down in Florida, basically end up getting tickets to the Daytona 500 kind of got the racing bug there. And once we got back home, um, my dad saw something about, you know, Flamborough Speedway races and stuff like that. So he's like, you know, I'll take, you know, my brother out to the races and they saw a little go-kart, like, uh, it was kind of like a halftime thing in the races to promote the Waterloo Regional Car Club. And that's how they got hooked. He started racing and through the years, my brother raced go-karts. I was at the track every Saturday morning, kind of hooked right there and then, and it was all took off from there. How long did you race with the, uh, with the WRKC? Um, I raced from, Oh, I don't know the years. It was probably either eight or nine. I can't quite remember. Right. Um, and then all the way to, I think I was 15, 15 turning 16. Okay. So it was quite a few years and yeah. it was, it was good times there. Uh, for sure, man. You know, the, whenever you get involved with a group of people like the, like the WRKC, it, you're going to, you're going to have those friends who turn into family and you know, it's, it's almost like racing as a family reunion every Saturday when you show up at the track and you're offloading your cart and you know, you got, you got your, you got your friends that come over and say hi. And you know, you got your competitors that you're going to go out there and, and go, go to battle against them. But meanwhile, you're, you're just having fun and, and that's all it is. Right. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, so you raced for the car club for about six, six or seven years here. And then, uh, what was one, what was one of your, uh, best memories from it? Oh man, there's a lot of good memories from go-karting. <laughs> um, ah, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I've always had some good battles with, uh, some of my buddies, a few of my buddies, Jordan Ramsbottom and William Adams. I always had good battles with, so. Let's say 2019 was when I first got started with Spira and I, that's when I won my second go-karting championship. And I remember the first race was probably one of the best battles that I've ever had in karting. It was really good racing. The three of us probably swapped the lead about four or five times in the feature. And it was, it was really good racing and that set off for a really competitive season. And, uh, it, it, kind of showcased how good the racing can be on Saturday mornings at the WRKC. And I, I remember that race vividly because I kind of came off a little bit of a slump um, and kind of got that win. So it felt like a first win feeling again, even though, you know, it was kind of longer down the road in my karting career, but no, that was definitely a good one. Absolutely. So when you got started, when you're eight or nine, obviously you, you're running, well, what's like, what's the class called? It's like junior, junior cadet or some of that. So there's cadet, novice, and then there's the junior classes, junior light, junior heavy, and then senior medium, and the old guys are the masters. So I left off at senior medium, and I started I started cadet, but I only ran one year in cadet and then moved up into novice really quick. So when did you win your first uh, karting championship? I think it was novice, I, th okay. I think. I, I don't know exactly. Um, and I think it was novice. I think it was my second year karting, first year novice. Um, I think that was my first one. It might have been 2014. Um, and then kind of had a little bit of a break. And 2019, we got the second one in junior heavy. So, well, was, ain't nothing wrong with that. Walking away the, from the karting club with two championships, that's, that's definitely nothing to be slouching about, especially in two different divisions and unfortunately because of, of either however you want to put it i can never make it down early enough for oh, yeah. uh for, for the go-karting because you guys are crazy enough to to get out there and start racing at like seven eight o'clock in the morning 
you know, I'm good with my 4 p.m. stuff showing up at the track at 4 p.m., you know, totally. <laughs> and I, I, I'm perfectly happy, but I, I want to make it out to an event um, because I hear nothing but good things. You know, like you said, we had Quinn on earlier, Quinn Murdoch uh, from the Canadian Modifies, and, and he, uh, you know, same thing. He, he's still out there going with the go-karters, and I'm just like, that's way too long of a day for me to be at a track. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could do what he's doing right now, but, uh, it's definitely, it's just the racing bug, right? Like, uh, I, I enjoy the nighttime races as much as I'm more of a morning person myself, but, um, it's, it's a good atmosphere being around that car club, even though you got to wake up, you know, before the sun even rises and everyone's tired. Once you get to the track, the environment is very, it's very friendly at the WRKC and just like Flamborough on Saturday nights, it's a good place to be. Absolutely, man. So uh, obviously, like you said, you you left in about 2019 after you won your second championship. And of course, with COVID shutting down our, our racing world in 2020, it was you, everyone announced that uh, that you were going to be joining the mini stock ranks over at uh, Spire Motorsports, taking over Rich Schwarzenberg's ride. How did that deal come about and, and how were, how excited were you to get that to get that ride? Um, yeah, luckily, we knew uh, someone who was involved in Spira, uh, obviously someone familiar to Flambro, Gary Colling. Um, we've known him. That's actually kind of how we got started in karting originally. Um, and he luckily set us up with a good group of guys when I was thinking about trying to do something else further than karting. And we met Rich and Eric Delariva at the time, which they were doing the co-driver program. Um, and they took me under their wing to kind of be a development driver throughout the 2019 season. So that included, you know, going to the tracks, learning about race cars. I had no previous knowledge. I still got lots to learn myself. Um, and I got out for a few test sessions in 2019. And at the end of 2019, we bought the car and stayed with the Spira shop to run the number 18 mini stock out of there. That's awesome, man. You know, and Rich and all those guys, they're they're a good group of guys. And of course, everyone at Spira, you know, they're they're no slouches. They're putting out, you know, top-tier race cars each and every week. So for you and your team to 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 join them and, and to come out and race the way you have been is is amazing to hear, amazing to see because you know it, it's some it's one time it's, sometimes it's those things that are uh, uh, unforeseen that you never know might happen and, and until it happens. So obviously you, you just got behind the wheel of a stock car in 2019 though. And you, you started testing, you started learning. What's been one of the biggest challenges for someone like yourself who came from karting where you're an inch off the ground, you know, you're, you're turning left and right, it, but you're still on the same speedway, but just not for as long as you are now in a, in a full body stock car. What's been the biggest challenge for you adjusting from left and rights to inch off the ground about, four and a half, five inches off the ground and, you know, in a full body stock car where you can beat and bang. Yeah. I mean, the racing is definitely more aggressive. I remember when I moved up to senior medium, because in 2020, I ran a few races, at the WRKC actually. Um, I remember when I moved up to senior medium with the karting, I thought, you know, this is definitely a little, a little more aggressive guys are older and stuff like that. Well, when I moved up into the mini stock class, it was, it was a whole different animal. Um, they're definitely everyone's smarter. Everyone's, you know, more aggressive It the racing is it's, it's completely different. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, just driving a car itself is it's different challenges. I feel like a go-kart is, it's a lot easier to place where you want it. Um, you don't really have to do much to a go-kart with handling and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, a small, uh, minor inconvenience of how the car is handling and, in the mini stock division can, can really impact you in lap time where that's a, that's a major difference with karting. Um, so just adjusting to that, uh, gaining that knowledge and that experience with, you know, tweaking a car and getting to getting it to your liking. Um, that was a tough one to handle. Um, and you know, just being in a full size stock car, not being in a small go-kart was also hard because, um, you know, that the spatial awareness thing. I remember my first night, you know, I thought I was right up on a guy's door and I was half a car length off. Um, so that's, that's, I still definitely got to, you know, you can always be better with, you know, getting close to the wall and stuff like that and knowing where exactly you are. Um, but that you pick that up pretty quickly and 
you know, that's, that's the big difference between the carding thing is, you know, the spatial awareness. And I would say, um, just the knowledge, you gotta have a, a lot more knowledge in this stuff to, uh, you know, be competitive. For sure. Especially with the, uh, like you said, the tweaking part, right. It, it's, it's all about, cause you're, whereas, you know, people on dirt, they're chasing a track and you can see it change throughout the night where on asphalt, the track changes, but you won't know the changes until you get it really, realistically get out there and, and you see what's going on. So making, learning to, to make those tweaks, make those adjustments is something obviously that takes years and, and, and months and months and years of knowledge and of learning and, and perfecting it. So to see someone like yourself, who's essentially gone out there and done the well as well, as well as you have, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a great thing to see because that's, that's what the sport needs. We, we need this, especially a lot more people like your, your age. How old are you anyways? About 16, 17. I'm just 17 now. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus Christ. And you oh, talked so much man. deeper than I do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh my God, man. That, but yeah, being only 16 or 17, you've learned so much in just the, the two years you've really had. Cause obviously with, with, with COVID, you weren't able to make your debut, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that sadly pushed us back. But yeah, your debut got pushed back a whole year. So throughout the entire COVID year, what were you doing to to learn to understand how these cars worked? Uh, well, I mean, first off, I just got to say I'm super thankful to have you know Kenny Carroll Spira um, allow me to be within the Spira shop and the race team because. Without them, I would be lost. Um, I've learned so much from Eric Della Riva and Randy Shaw and everybody at the shop. Uh, 2020 was frustrating, I will say. Um, I was, you know, losing racing was kind of, I didn't think that I was so attached to racing until 2020. We kind of, and I feel like a lot of people got there. We got there and we're like, wow, what, what do we kind of do now? Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely had to adjust. I had to find some things to do outside of it. Um, and kind of deal with the frustration of just having to like kind of let it run its course and stuff like that. Um, obviously it was a shaky year and, uh, we, we didn't get out due to, you know, everything going on in the world. Um, but I sat back, kind of watched and just, just waited patiently trying to work on the car, make it quicker, understand it more. Um, just so when we made that debut in 2021, that I would be as ready as I possibly could be. And I feel like over 2020, I feel like I, I learned the most about just how to be successful in racing and myself. And without 2020, I think 2021 wouldn't have gone as good as it did. So in the grand scheme of things, I'm thankful that I got to take that time at Spira and learn more about the car you know, watch guys like Kyle Steckley in the mini stock races in 2020, see what they're doing. And ultimately that prepared me to be the best possible driver I could be last year. You know, you say yourself that the Kyle Steckley was, man, that guy's done some amazing things. Actually, I chatted with him today at the Motorama car show and to, uh, to see how well he's progressed. That kid is a craft of the sport. He, he is, you know, he's, He's someone who, who it was kind of funny that there was such a, I, I can't wait. I really hope someone puts this interview out because it was absolutely hysterical because it was uh, Alex Tegliani, Gary calling and Kyle Steckley t- chatting. Oh yeah. And there, and Alex even just pointed out saying like, Kyle's a quiet kid. He's like, but Kyle, you gotta, you know, when it comes time to talk to sponsors, you're gonna have to put your jacket on. You gotta be like, you know, Jerry oh, Maguire and cute in Cuba getting junior in, in, uh, uh, Jerry Maguire and, you know, show me the money. Like I'm thinking like, Oh my goodness. Like, but it's true. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle's such yeah. a great kid, but he he's quiet. And to see yourself, it's, it's nice to see someone like yourself learn after him and, and take what he's done and kind of, and it looked like it's helped morph your racing, because I, I know personally from the CVM side that a lot of guys have taken my videos that I've put out on, on YouTube over the past year, and they've learned a lot about their self and, and how they've driven. Have you been able to watch any in-car footage as well as obviously 
general racing to help you learn how to handle these cars to see what and kind of start dissecting what other drivers were doing. Were you able to, to start to start doing something like that? Uh, yeah, totally. I would say I've actually grown, I would say a good relationship with Kyle over the past two years. Um, we started talking in 2020 and I would say once he got out of the mini stock scene, I definitely started bugging him for some pointers and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, Cause you know, he was, he was the top of the mini stock class in 2020. So that, that, that was the, you know, that was the bar. Um, and obviously with Eric as you know, my mentor and sticking on as helping as a crew chief. Um, he's, he's basically taught me everything I know when it comes to the mini stock stuff and watching even his old videos last year, you know, I'd struggle a few times with some things we'd go back and be like, look, look what we did in this race in 2019. Uh, look how I did this. And I would, we'd kind of talk about it and understand it, debrief it. And, uh, and that would help me for the next week. And I, I still like to do that now, even before this week, I was watching some footage from out Frostfest uh, Memorial night last year when I got my first win and just seeing how I evolved over that set of races and how I can, you know, use different aspects of what I did during those races to uh, better my performance and stuff like that. So that stuff definitely helps and pedal power is great. I love that they post those videos and I, uh, I definitely pay attention to that stuff to see where I can improve each time I'm on track. Jesus, man. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here. It sounds like you're, you're, you're not a mini stock team. It sounds like you're a cup team over here. Oh yeah. So we, we try. We watched, we watched hours of footage and we went back and we debriefed. We talked, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know this was happening in mini stock, but <laughs> to hear, but honestly, that's something I actually figured out of the Spire camp is that, to help set them up for success obviously you got to go back and learn from your mistakes watching footage is a great thing is there any other tools you've been using such as like iRacing or just you know you know online gaming has that been able to help you elevate your game as well on because you're even though without the feel you're seeing what you can do what you can't do on the visual side is that something that you've learned as well well, yeah, I'd say I did a lot of iRacing over 2020, obviously. And I think everybody can I say that. I think a lot every, of people did. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, and I actually started racing with guys like Carson Nagy and Kyle Steckley over 2020. Um, and yeah, I would say I learned a lot from it. Um, the visual, the, you know, how to race guys when you see a guy, you know, how, how to use runs and stuff like that. Or you see a guy doing something, how to kind of like anticipate it. Um even the visual with the wall and stuff like that. And I would say the no feel is actually more beneficial. Um, I know a lot of guys like feel and stuff like that. Uh, so they're not too, you know, fond of iRacing, but once you get in the car, you can kind of, you know, I feel like you can use that to an advantage and obviously iRacing, it's a video game. Uh, you know, it tries to be a simulator, but it's a video game at most times. Um, but I would say it helps with stuff like that. Um, even learning what to do on a car when it's, you know, tight there or loose, you know, somewhere else um, that actually helped me is, you know, doing certain things in iRacing and stuff like that. So I would say learning how to, you know, even just race guys on iRacing, um, learning how to control runs and stuff like that, that I would say that was a beneficial tool for when I made my debut. Absolutely, man. That, that, that makes a whole lot of sense because it's funny because I even myself, I, I don't I race, I don't race, I've never raced before, but I have such a big passion for racing. I've always wanted to get behind the wheel, but life happened, and you know, here I am doing this, recording a podcast with yourself, you know, helping out Solve Speed with their media, doing CVM uh, media as well. It's 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 nice talking to people like yourself who get behind the wheel each and every week because there's sometimes even though I don't get the same feeling as you guys do for strapping in a car each week, that don't mean I'm not up here playing a video game because totally. it, it, back in 2020, you're right. Everyone, everyone had to find something to do because without it, what, what were we really doing? We had nothing to do. No yeah. one was working. No one, everyone was staying home. You were told to stay home and to, to have that outlet of using, um, to have the outlet of using iRacing quite often and racing with guys like Carson Nagy and, Kyle Steckley, those are some top-notch guys because Carson wasn't a, wasn't a slouch in the mini stocks either. And obviously no. Kyle wasn't, Kyle was definitely not a slouch in, in any car he's ever driven so far. 
so getting in with those guys and watching how they race, watching their runs, watching what they do is completely understandable how, how it elevated your game because, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take it to myself real quick. I have, I do have steering wheel. I do have pedals. I got a shifter and I go do a lot of dirt racing stuff on, on my PS4. And I'm, uh, there's times I jump in an online lobby and I'm sitting there and if I'm not fast, I'm watching the guy in front of me. Like, yep. what, what do I need to do to get better? I'm it's, it's, yeah, it's about feel because the feel is the best part, but mm-hmm. it's your visual representation of how you're feeling. So if you notice you're get you're starting to get loose. Yeah. You may not feel it, but guess what? You're, you're noticing, you still notice if you get loose, you're still noticing if you get tight yep. and it helps you like you like it help it's that visualization that helps the realization uh, the realism of being in the car you realize you know it doesn't matter what your track you're on you can sit there and be like you you know something squirrely i'm like oh i'm loose or you you, you feel a, a something like going to your right it's like oh that's a push it definitely helps you going forward to uh th- those tools are there to help you as much as you want to say it's a video game as much as pe- a lot of people want to argue it's a yeah. sim it is such a learning tool for every driver to have because yeah, I, the, the stuff I'm doing is all usually fantasy tracks. It's not real tracks. The stuff you guys are doing in iRacing, racing. Well, that's real tracks. Those are yeah. your, your, your senior car bouncing the bumps, your senior car, you know, your senior tires wear out on a track like Nashville or something like that, because that's what those tracks run like. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's, those learning tools is, is I feel it's what's elevated a lot of people's games, especially since 2020, because a lot more people had that time to do it. And to see you come out here win last year and do what you've done behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. It, it's the knowledge is great. And, it, it, and working on the car is, is a great learning tool to learn a bunch of things, but it's also the, the extra side side quests essentially to get you to, to get you be better as a driver is uh is astronomical especially with today's age now you know 20 years ago first of all you weren't even born and the technology yeah. wasn't there to do anything <laughs> like this we were all going to arcades doing you know we're, we're going on, on the need for speed stuff at the arcades not oh, yeah not staying at home and, and talking with you know real life people from all over the world who who share the same passion as you yeah, I'd I'd say you put that pretty well. I mean, yeah, the eyes. I, I definitely think the eye racing stuff's a good tool. I I definitely again, it's a video game, but at times you can get pretty serious. And if I was racing at those tracks, uh, down in the states, stuff like South Boston, uh, the fairgrounds, you know, Five Flags, I I would be definitely hopping on the sim four, and because uh, you know bumps are going to be there in real life, and you know how you go over those bumps, you can kind of get little hints, and you know again anticipate what you need to do come race day so no i would definitely say that stuff's great and it, it helps you prepare so now this this is my issue i have with i racing and i know they're not listening to the show but it's something <laughs> i want to put out i racing can you please come up here and spend a month scanning oshwegan flambro delaware sunset please for the love of god just come up here and spend a few weeks and get some more canadian content on their servers because as much as it's nice having racing the south boston's this you know the stuff like that and all the little short tracks that you know you you may never get a chance to go to i may never get a chance to go watch a race there but it would be nice to to practice essentially practice on a track that's oh, totally. to our own neighborhood. The only track we have in Canada is CTMP. Mm-hmm. I think it's Circus Joe's Villeneuve as well. But yeah, that's two. That's two road courses. Uh, we got so many great on so many great tracks across Canada. I feel like iRacing needs to come up here and scan some of our own tracks. I could agree. We definitely have those conversations a lot. Everyone <laughs> uh, when Casa announced they were shutting down, everyone said that. You know, we need Jacasa scanned, which I'm all for, uh, whether it happens or not, you know, I would love to see it because I think, I think it would be great just for the Canadian scene as a whole, um, getting some recognition because we have a lot of great race car drivers up here. And I would say a lot of our series, like the APC series are highly, I would say underlooked by North America as a whole. And, uh, 
to maybe put in a track like Sunset or, you know, Flamborough, Delaware now with the repave, I think it would be really cool uh, to, you know, gain that traction within North America about what we do up here. So I think it would be great. And it doesn't change the fact that, like, you know, tracks such as, like, Berlin Raceway in, in Michigan, they're on the same pattern as us. Like, they don't start racing until April. Why, why, why are these northern tracks, like, you have tracks scanned all over the world, and you have two from Canada when we have tons of great racing, and I feel like it would be such a great tool, especially with the new tire. I know, I know you're not an APC guy. But you, obviously, yeah. you, you run out of a shop that has APC cars with uh, mm-hmm. Billy Schwarzenberg. And to have those guys only able to test twice before, you know, during throughout the year, I feel like we need to, they, they need to uh, come up here and scan those tracks so some of our own boys can go, can go get some test laps. And even like it, it's, it's, in my opinion, like I, I feel like you might be too young for this, but like back in, I, I'm just putting it out there because you're 16. I'm 30. So like, <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I still got I still got some years left in me. Exactly. So at fit, oh, is it like 2009? Uh, you know, NASCAR had these fantasy tracks, and one of them was Tiburon Speedway. That track oh, was. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that one, but it was it was inside no. a football stadium, and it was kind of like they over exuberated um, Bowman Gray. Yeah, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. I think I've, I actually played it with Wally Wilson one time when I was uh, over at one of our buddies' houses. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So it, it, it was kind of like Bowman Gray, just on a much over-exuberant scale in, in a big popular metropolitan area. And that track was the only track I would ever run. The hardest setting, the hardest uh, or the longest distance. And I'd always do Xfinity cars. I would never do a cup car there, but I would only do Xfinity cars because that was the closest thing I knew that would race like Flambro Speedway. Very flat, very tight, and it, it would definitely put on a hell of a show. Yeah, I, we have those conversations on iRacing, I would say, quite a lot. Like, we would always go, you know, what drives like Sunset? What drives like Flambro? And we kind of, you know, would argue for a little bit, and then we wouldn't really come to a conclusion because uh, especially when I first um, – you know, 2020, when I was first trying to gear up for my mini stock season, I was looking at tracks. I was like, you know, what could drive like Flambro just to get me kind of used to how to, you know, drive Flambro. And, you know, some places had similar, you know, uh, characteristics, but nothing, nothing's like the real thing, obviously. So again, I think it would be great if they came up and scanned. Uh, obviously it's hard, especially, um, you know, with what happened over the past few years with COVID. But now that stuff's opening back up, I can see if, uh, you know, if there's enough, you know, maybe do like a donation thing where the racing community puts in to get Delaware scanned or wherever. I think it would be a great idea whether it's going to happen or not. You know, it's a long shot, but I'm willing to, you know, try. You, you know, that's the thing is we got so many great tracks. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. Jacasa, because I really hope it doesn't go away. I, I do hope that I am holding out hope that the track isn't fully closed and that we could see a return in a few years. I, I have my fingers crossed that we, you know, Tricas is not done for because that is a track that I feel like we need here in Canada. We, we don't have a crown jewel track besides Nova Scotia uh, out in uh, Antigonish there. I can't remember the track's name right now and it's upsetting me and Delaware, but Delaware puts on a great show and puts on great events, but it didn't have that star factor that Cayuga had, mm-hmm. you know, we, we need another Cayuga. And I feel like the new ownership group down at Delaware is a great start to bring in that, you know, they had the great Canadian 300 for, I don't know how many years, but they had to so, for so many years. And it was such a great event. 300 lap late model race. Shoo. That was a lot of fun. And, that's what made it a essentially a crown jewel in my eye was big events like that. And the repaved is obviously a good thing. I, I really hope they do a lot of updates and upgrades over the winter. And I, I want to get back and ch- take a look at it. Cause that that's certainly a track I want to see. Cause I wish, again, I wish I racing went in beforehand and scanned it because I wanted, I want to yeah. feel that bump. 
that everyone talks about in turn four. And now it's gone. And I'm just like, well, now I'll never get to feel it. I never get to know what, what it looks like. Cause yeah, you see sucks. them, you see them just hopping out of the turn four, but it's either feeling it or seeing it see yourself happen. It's still not the same thing. No, I mean, yeah, I've, uh, I've heard Delaware is still a very great place. I went down with the uh, APC test and the media day and I was just walking the track and I was like, man, I, I really want to run there. It, like the care, the characteristics of that track is just, it looks like such a fun place. Um, so yeah, obviously the bump out of turn four is definitely <laughs> gone um, from, you know, my understanding from what I saw. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of characteristics of that track where obviously straightaways are nice and kind of, smooth now but you know i'd say it really hasn't i don't think it's gonna you know change how a lot of guys drive the place um and how you know hopefully the racing is going to be better but i think delaware is still going to keep those main characteristics with it so i think they've done a really good job over at delaware oh for sure i i like i'm not trying to knock them or anything like that i think delaware is a great track and you know i i want to get down there i am going to make a i have to make a trip down there because one of our general media drivers runs over at Southern Ontario Motor Speedway. So oh, with yeah. them running on a Friday night in their mini stock, well, I, well, yeah, no, yeah, I won't be able to make it because Delaware runs Friday nights too. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm hoping to make it down at least one time this year. And because uh, the one, the one thing uh, I'm, I'm really happy about when my girlfriend has gotten involved in racing over the past year and she's developed a passion for it to like the point where she's like, what are we doing this weekend? Nothing. Where's a race? Uh, That's good. That's good. Like, like we went to Merrittville last year, just on a whim on a wow. whim. And we're just like, let's see where we go. We start driving. She's like, just start driving towards Niagara. I'm like, okay. She calls up her friend. Her friend doesn't, you know, her friend is like, Oh, well, you know, well, I'll call you back. Okay. We get to Merrittville. All right, we're here. We just went inside to start watching racing. Yeah. You know, it it was such an off the whim thing, or even Humberstone too. We we're just, I think they're running on a Friday night or something like that. We're just like, let's go. That was a long weekend because that Friday night we ran to Humberstone, drove all the way back to uh to Erin, and then uh, the next day had to load up and go and load up our uh GoPros and stuff, and we headed down the 401 all the way to Southern Ontario Motor Speedway for a Saturday night program. So that we put a lot of miles on on the car that weekend but you know it, i'm hoping to make it down there and catch catch a race down there but let's talk about i i know i just i've been doing a lot of talking tonight i'm so sorry <laughs> oh no you're good don't worry but i just feel like there's sometimes i'm just starting to ramble and i've and i've been on the i was i was today in motorama i was on i was up on stage for an hour and a half with our other co-host who one of our other co-hosts who unfortunately wasn't able to make it tonight um she, she ended up having a migraine so wasn't able to make it but we were up on stage for like an hour and a half no one stopped us we could have kept talking until the cows came home and i didn't even know what time it was i thought we were up for maybe like 30 45 minutes now it turns out we we're up there for an hour and a half i'm like well yeah, that's usually how it is talking race and you can talk forever right so exactly like when once you start talking racing with people it's it's you see people's passion you see mm -hmm. the love that people have for it and I'm definitely seeing the passion you have for it because it all started for you for a trip going to Daytona. Yeah. Right. And now look at you, you're up here running mini stocks, but I'm going to jump. We're going to jump ahead here now because we're going to come back to current, current, current year to 2022. And uh, let's talk about your goals for this year. We already got race one out of the way. You finished third. You have how many more races this year that are you going to run? I think they're running like almost 20 some races, I think for you guys. We'll be running quite a few. We don't have a official schedule laid out. Uh, we'll have one laid out. You can follow us, you know, Colquinn Racing, Instagram, Facebook. Um, and we're going to probably split it between Sunset and Flamro, um, mainly. But we're we're going to be running basically the majority of the nights throughout the summer, maybe a few breaks. Um, but, yeah, we, we want to race and, you know, we want to be competitive at those races. So, uh, yeah, we're, we'll be uh, all across the province, basically, um, all summer long. So we're, we're looking forward to a, a busy summer. So you just said that people are going to be able to catch you at Facebook and, or sorry, catch you at Flambro 
and sunset throughout the summer. What's uh what's one race you have circled on your calendar, even though you guys don't have anything set in stone? What is an event that you're hoping to run or looking forward to run this year? Um, I would say especially the velocities, uh, both spring and fall velocity. Uh, last year we started from the back due to having uh the Flamborough race on the Saturday. So we missed qualifying in practice. Um, but I've I really like Sunset. Uh Eric has helped me a lot with, you know, getting to grips with Sunset as that car was very good there when it ran. Um, so we started from the back last year at Velocity, and I think we drove up to I think it was sixth. And uh yeah, it was such a fun place to get around, a lot of room, uh, you know, great passing, great drivers there, good battles. Um so I'm definitely looking forward to Velocity. They they have some of the best cars, if not the best mini stocks in the provinces. You know, you get guys like Eric York, uh, Matt Boyce, Josh Bullen. Uh, that's that's the cream of the crop for the mini stock division. So when it comes to you know wanting wanting to uh, quote unquote be the best, you get you got to beat those guys. You get right, you got to beat the best. So I'm uh, no, I'm looking forward to the Velocity. Uh, I think we can have some good racing with those guys and being able to qualify and practice this year is gonna it's going to help us a lot. So hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can start up front for those events, uh, stay up front and yeah, should be good. Absolutely, man. You know, you can never go wrong with uh, velocity up at sunset because that is one of the premier either spring or fall velocity is, is such a premier event here in Ontario, uh, motorsports because it brings out the best of the best. Like you said, you know, you have the Josh Bullens, you have the map, Matt boys, uh, Eric York, all those guys, they're, 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 they're the, they're the top dogs. And if you want to be a top dog, you got to go out there and beat them. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, definitely last year. I mean, I thought I put up a, a great drive of velocity, but even when I got to the front kind of stalled out a little bit, right. Those guys are really good. And even when I cracked the top 10, you know, I had a good battle with Alan Lankin at one point and, uh, it's just, you see how good those guys really are. It's competitive. It's, it's tough. So we definitely have to raise the bar. Um, we gotta, you know, do a little more homework and stuff like that. So, but I'm looking, I'm, re- I'm looking really forward to races like frost fest and velocity this year. It should be great. Sounds good, man. Where, so where's the future take Cole Quinn? If you can see yourself, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, where do you see yourself racing? That's a tough one. Um, I definitely, uh, I want to go as far as I can with racing. I love racing. I love to do it. I have a passion for it. I, uh, I like working hard to, you know, ultimately be competitive once we hit the racetrack. Um, I would love to go up, uh, you know, in the future into a higher class, whether it's something like a super stock and then eventually getting into a pro late model. Um, I would, you know, love to be in a, a series like the Quick Quick Super Stock Series or the APC Series because that is, you know, those are the top series when it comes to Ontario racing minus the Pinty Series. Um, so I just want to, I want to climb the ranks if I can. And uh, it takes a lot of work, which I'm willing to put in. And uh, ultimately, I, I just want to be able to race against those best guys in Ontario and uh, hopefully hold my own. Sounds good, man. That hey, those are I feel like you've been coached on your answers or something because you've been doing such a great job all night. But for now, we're gonna jump over to our uh fan question period. Whereas you saw earlier today, we had put out there that you were coming on the show tonight and we got some questions for you. Are you ready to answer them? Totally. All right, the first one up. I swear this is gonna be a common theme throughout the year. The, the first question comes to us from Cameron Thompson. Who's okay. your favorite 2022 pure stock rookie? Well, I don't know. Uh, I wish Alex Stewart was still a pure stock rookie because I would have to say Alex Stewart. <laughs> but uh, now it would have to be Cameron Thompson. Uh, the flag man is definitely, uh, you know, the ex-flag man. Is, uh, he's definitely a great guy. I love Cam every time we see each other on the track. And I'm interested in seeing him and Alex battle it out this year. I was upset that they were in front of us Saturday for the lineup because I couldn't see them brawl out, but uh, I'm looking forward to that this year. So, well, I was able to get up to the fence and watch that race because uh, two of our, or actually, we had four drivers in that field that night for Joe Media. So I was up there sneaking a peek and watching them, and they put on a great show. Unfortunately, uh, they were too spread out, but Cameron, have, Cameron on the other hand, 
was having a great battle with uh, Leo in the 42 uh, K car. So that was, uh, that, that was pretty good. Um, but both those cars, even though Cameron's got a simple theme, it's still pretty good, but uh, yeah. definitely loving the uh, Wheeler throwback on the, uh, on Alex uh, Stewart's number 16 car. It looks good. I like it a lot. And I like the, I think he's got like the big, the hammer on the side. Yeah. So I definitely like it. Uh, keeping the theme from last year. Uh, our last question comes to us from Wally Wilson. If you were to move up to a different class, where do you see yourself moving to? I know we kind of uh, yeah. touched on that. But... I know. Yeah. I mean, again, if I like could move up into a class tomorrow, no questions asked, I would love to be in a pro late model. I think anybody could say the same thing. Uh, those things are great. They run around, you know, North America. That's if not, you know, the top short track division. Um, so I would love to race a pro late model. Hey, who wouldn't, right? So that's been our fan question period. We want to thank all our, our, everyone for uh, submitting their questions. And of course, make sure to check back each Sunday as we uh, announce who will be our next guest on the show. And of course we want to thank Cole for taking some time and answering those questions. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So uh, before we wrap up here, because I always like to do this right, that, that way people have to, are kind of forced to listen to the whole podcast to, to get to that point to see what they to see how you answered. Uh, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Is there anyone you want to thank for getting you to where you are? Uh, again, I, I would just like to thank uh, all glory to God. Um, I'm very thankful just to have the opportunity to be here. Um, I'm very thankful to have the amazing people in my life that I do. Uh, Ken and Carol Spira, uh, everybody at Spire Racing, Spire Fire Protection, Wheeler Construction, Just Foment, Hide Whip Heating and Air Conditioning, and all my other amazing sponsors and supporters, Nick's Journey, Nick and Susie Spellick. Um, I'm just very thankful to have a bunch of amazing supporters and, of course, my family. And uh, I can't forget Darren Dryan, who did my incredible rap this year on the race cars to make sure we look good on track. So. I can't thank everybody enough. Yeah, I got to say, man, that car, when it rolled out on track, I was like, damn, that thing looks good. But yeah, uh, he does a good job. Darren, Darren does a great job. He's done uh, two of our CVMs this year. So they, and they both look easily good. Quinn Murdoch and uh, Jay Pepin. So those are two, you know, he, he puts out amazing work each and every time. So that's, if, if you're looking for a guy to, to, do, to wrap your race car, wrap pretty much anything, give him a call, man. Totally. Yeah. He does great work. He did, uh, he's, he's all about the details and I love Quentin and both Pepin's car, you know, Pepin's car is more, a little more simple, but both incredible and looking on track. So. Absolutely, man. Well, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time on this, uh, Sunday evening. We want to thank you for jumping on with us this week. It was a pleasure chatting with you, getting to know a little bit more about your backstory and, uh, seeing what, you, what the future lies for, uh, Cole Quentin. Thank you for coming on, man. Thanks again. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. I'll uh, be glad to talk to you anytime. Sounds good, man. I'll hold you to that. All right. All right. All right. Bye now. All right, guys. So that was the driver, the number 18 Ford, Ford Mustang mini stock. That was Cole Quinn. Of course, we want to thank Cole for jumping on with us this week. It was a pleasure chatting with him, getting to know a little bit more about him and seeing how, uh, what his plans are, what, how he got involved in racing. And it, it, his story was absolutely incredible. It was great chatting with him. Uh, yeah, guys, it's uh, man, we're almost we're almost at the time where we're gonna wrap up the end of the show here. Of course, uh, next week, guys, uh, next Sunday, make sure you guys are tuned in at around noon to see who our next guest will be on the True North Racing Podcast. As well, guys, we do have merch available. It is on our uh, uh, it goes through Epic Race. Where if you guys want to support us, go ahead and buy yourself a T-shirt. All funds from it go to making this podcast better goes to us buying more gopros and helping more because i have two new lights over here and it helps to go into uh get some more to get some better lighting to get some better footage for you guys going forward thank you guys for for all your support for the true north racing podcast over the last few years it has been an absolute blessing some things i wanted to mention i didn't get to mention prior um i finally got a chance to meet the stickers and scuffs guy uh guys sorry uh cam k was walking around uh motoram on saturday he put up a great interview, uh, which was funny for myself because I've never been on the other side of a interview. I've always been the interviewee, not the interview or the interviewer, not the interviewee. So it was definitely weird having him ask me questions about the show 
and how you guys can watch it and listen and, and get involved in it. So I got to thank Cam for, for, you know, shooting a little spot. Got to thank Brandon Feeney for letting us use his car as a backdrop. Uh, it was, it was, it was hysterical. Um, I got to thank Greg McPherson from uh, Inside Track Magazine for inviting us down to Motorama this weekend and do a couple live shows for you guys. I'm hoping those videos go up uh, sometime this week. Or, you know, if we get the footage, then it goes up on our own uh, social media accounts. It was a it, it was a fun, great weekend. I was so excited to get back to the track. You know, it. I'm looking forward to another 13 times of going back with the CVMs. Not going to lie. I love the club. I love the way they're going. It's going to be a fun time this year. Uh, yeah, so I, in a roundabout way, I wanted so if you guys want to buy any Jomo Media apparel like this hat, we also have T-shirts, hat, T-shirts and hoodies, uh, long sleeve shirts, tank tops. Go ahead and go buy, guys. It's available on our on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hit up our link in our bio. It's a link tree. So uh, all the links are there. I'll take you straight to the site. Go pick yourself up a hat, hoodie, or T-shirt, or pick up a hat like this or Joma Media hat as well. Both both stores are in there. Um, we want to thank everyone for supporting you guys. It's uh, This has been a truly great ride. Make sure you guys are tuning in next Sunday to see who's going to be our next guest on the show. For uh, And, you know, hopefully next weekend we do have Kaylin and Megan rejoining us back on the show, and we'll chat a little bit more about uh, uh, racing and, and, and whatnot. And, of course, where uh where we're all are where we're all at and we're going to talk to megan we'll talk to megan about her her trip to motorama and what it was like for them so uh that's going to end it for the show here this week guys of course i want to thank each and again i want to thank you and everyone for watching listening today it thank you guys you guys mean a lot to me you guys make this possible you got you guys are you guys are amazing uh so i'm gonna end it here because this is the third time i said that so Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. My name is John Morrison. You guys are listening and watching to the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jumbo Media Promotions. We'll see you all next week. Bye now.